Christian Parent Crazy World with Catherine Seegers is brought to you by Life Audio and is part of our Faith Toolkit series. For more inspirational faith-affirming podcasts, visit lifeaudio.com. Welcome to Christian Parent Crazy World, the podcast that tackles tough topics to help you raise godly kids in an ungodly world. I'm your host, Katherine Seegers, and today's episode tackles this critical question. Is the Bible just a book written by some ancient dead guys? I love this question. I think it is so much fun. We're going to have a great time today. Have you ever wondered that? I bet your kids have, and if they haven't, I bet they will. This is one of the primary complaints I hear from people who discount scripture. And it is a strong motivating factor in the youth exodus that we have been talking about since the very first episode, which is the great tendency in Christian communities for kids to leave the faith after leaving the nest. So if we want our kids to stand strong in the faith, we need to have a solid answer to this claim. Uh, you know the Bible? I think that's just a book written by some ancient dead dudes. Nothing to see here, right? That is a prevailing attitude among many people today, especially millennials and young people who have left the church. So, is the Bible just a book written by some ancient dead guys? Well, to that question, I would say yes and no. Yes, it is a book written by some ancient dead guys, but no, it is not just a book written by some ancient dead guys because it is something much, much more. So for the rest of this podcast, we are going to dig into why God used some ancient dead guys to write his book, and we're going to consider what that means for us and our kids. There are some seriously profound, life-altering implications for our lives and for our kids' lives when we understand why God used these ancient men to write the Bible. It's really exciting. I'm so excited. So let's get started. But first, let me say that this particular episode isn't for the skeptic of Scripture. We will answer questions about how we can trust the claims of Scripture and the authenticity of Scripture in a future episode. This episode, however, is for those of us who believe in the Christian God and in the Bible, but we need to better understand why God used men to write his book. The Bible is a book written by some ancient guys who happen to be dead. All ancient guys are dead now, by the way. That goes for Homer and and Socrates, Plato, Aristotle, Euripides, Sophocles, Aristophanes, all those guys. Yeah, they're all dead. If their name is like three to five syllables and it ends in an E's, chances are they wrote something pretty important and now they're six feet under. Every one of them. Now, I hope you know that I'm being a bit satirical here. I don't mean to insult your intelligence. I'm sure that you are well aware that ancient people are dead. But these ancient dead guys that I mentioned, their thoughts live on and have had a tremendous impact on Western culture and civilization through what what was written by them and about them. But here's the thing. The Bible isn't just a book written by some ancient dead guys. And it's something more. It is so much more. 
You see, unlike the works written by these other guys, works like, you know, the Iliad and the Odyssey, the Dialogues of Plato, which were written about Socrates, Oedipus Rex, Medea, all of these works that we're so familiar with by these other guys, the Bible is much more than just a fictional tale or a play or a historical account or philosophical musings about the nature of truth and, and reality. As important as those books are, the Bible is something more. You see, the Bible claims to be the Word of God. Now, obviously, not everyone buys that claim, but that is the claim. None of these other ancient books that I mentioned claim that. Now, there are some other holy religious books that do claim to be the Word of God, and we, we might dive into those books and that topic in another podcast, not this one. However, most of those books were written by men as well. And they're all dead now, too, by the way. Uh, Just a point of fact. But for some reason, many people, especially many young people today, young people who are leaving the faith, they find the fact that the Bible was written by men to be disqualifying. I I was talking to a friend of mine recently. Her name is Sarah, and she has two kids. One has graduated from high school and is out on her own. The other is still in high school, and both of them are really struggling in their faith. Honestly, they have left the faith. They are part of this youth exodus we have been talking about. And Sarah said one of the main issues they struggle with is the fact that the Bible was written by some old dead dudes. That is what I want to address today. Why? Is that factor disqualifying for the Bible? And should it be? Would the Bible be more credible somehow if it had been found fully in its present form? Would it be more plausible if someone claimed to have have seen the clouds part and, and angels descend to earth with this holy book to bestow upon mankind several thousand years ago or even I don't know, several hundred years ago. I don't think that people would find the Bible more credible today if some ancient dead guys claimed to have found it or received it from some angelic hosts than if those dead guys actually wrote it. As a matter of fact, (laughs) I'm pretty sure people today would have thought that such a claim was completely bogus. And anyone who said that they had received such a book supernaturally was (laughs) probably tripping on some ancient mushrooms. I'm, you know, I'm just saying. But here is a, a central theological truth that I want to impart to you and to your kids. The fact that the Bible was written by men does not disqualify it. Rather, that fact qualifies you. Let me explain. Here is a critical aspect we need to understand about the origin of the Christian holy book. The fact that the Bible was written by men, but inspired by God, is a central aspect of our faith, of our theology. It is foundational. And this fact is something we must understand ourselves and we must convey to our children. And sadly, so sadly, a lot of Christians don't even know this. They don't know that according to the Bible, God accomplishes his work here on earth through human beings. We are his vessels. We are his conduits. For better or worse, and (laughs) unfortunately it has been worse for much of human history, 
God has accomplished his will and his purposes through us. When we aren't willing, the human race has, has suffered. When we are willing, the human race has prospered. This happens for, for individuals, it happens for families and for churches. This happens for, for whole communities and for whole nations. This is the great lesson of the Old Testament. We can work with God and accomplish miracles. We, we can be released from bondage and see the seas part. We can walk through on dry land. Or we can work against God and head right back into bondage and tragedies and wars and holocausts. It is up to us. We get to choose the path. The problem with much of the human race throughout <laughs> human history is that we want the privilege of the choice, the choice to follow God or to not follow God, but we don't want the consequence. But you know, choices always have consequences. Everything in life tells us this, doesn't it? I mean, like, seriously, everything. Science tells us this. For every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. Agriculture tells us this. If you plant a seed of corn, you're going to grow some corn. The zipper on your pants tells you this. If you eat too much cake, that zipper is going to bust. But when it comes to ethical issues or spiritual issues, we want to commit the action, but we don't want the inevitable reaction. We want to do the sowing, but we don't want the reaping. We want to do the eating, but we don't want our pants to bust wide open. What God says throughout the Bible is that if we work with him, he will work for us. God works through human action, through human cooperation, through the human will to accomplish his purposes. So where do we see this in the Bible? Many places, many places. Second Chronicles in the Old Testament is chapter 16, verse 9. I love this verse. It says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro through the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. That means God is actively looking for loyal people to use. That is what our faith teaches us. And he used some loyal men thousands of years ago to write his word, to write his thoughts, his commands, to write poetry and history and, and theology in this masterful book called the Bible. Now, I want to read that verse from Second Chronicles again, and I want you to listen closely to the next sentence. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. Then this passage says, and, and keep in mind, God is speaking to his people here, by the way. He's speaking to the Israelites, and he says, And this you have done foolishly. Therefore, from now on, you shall have wars. <sighs> oh. In other words, God says, I have been looking for some men and women to use, to be strong for, some men and women with loyal hearts, but I couldn't find them. And because of that, I couldn't do the good that I wanted to do in the earth through you because you weren't loyal. You weren't following me. And now you will have wars. <laughs> and sadly, wars they had. There are many sources other than scripture that verify this, war after war after war. We see it now, don't we? Still today. Wars everywhere. 
Another passage, uh, a New Testament passage that shows how vital our action and our faith is in terms of what happens here on earth is Matthew 15. Towards the end of that chapter, Jesus visits his hometown, Nazareth, and here's what the word says. Coming to his hometown, Jesus began teaching the people in their synagogue, and they were amazed. Where did this man get this wisdom and these miraculous powers, they asked. Isn't this the carpenter's son? Isn't his mother's name Mary, and and aren't his brothers James and Joseph, Simon, and Judas? Aren't all of his sisters with us? Where did this man get all of these things? And they took offense at him. But Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own town and in his own home. (sighs) Now, pay attention very closely to this next verse. This is verse 58. And he did not do many miracles there because of their lack of faith. (sighs) That is so sad. So tragic. God didn't do what he wanted to do in this town, in this community, because he couldn't find enough faithful, loyal people. And they missed the miracles that could have been theirs. This is a startling section of scripture. What we learn here is that an all-powerful God, he's a, he's a God who can perform miracles. He created the universe and can raise people from the dead. And he has chosen to limit himself to working through faithful human beings here on earth. I don't know about you, but I, I do not like the implications of, of this reality, of this scriptural truth. I don't, I don't trust human beings to do what is right. But there you have it. This is what God has chosen. This is how he works. And I've learned enough about God to know that, that what he has chosen is right and just and necessary, even when I don't fully understand it. The account of scripture is abundantly clear in this. God partners with human beings on earth to accomplish his will from cover to cover of the good book. This is the story. When God wanted to birth a nation to bless the earth, He picked Abraham and Sarah to do the job. And for an extra bit of flair, he waited until Abraham was like, you know, 100 and Sarah was like 90 and she was already barren, you know, (laughs) but now she was past childbearing age at this point. That's how God likes to work. He likes to wait until the situation is impossible. When he saved his people from slavery, God didn't deliver them by himself. He picked Moses. A murderer who didn't talk so good. Seriously, the guy had a stuttering problem. And that's who God picks to be his mouthpiece? A stutterer? Who writes a story like this, huh? (laughs) God, God loves these kinds of stories. The Bible is filled with them. He picks Samuel, the son of another barren woman, to be a prophet. And David, the seventh son who tends the sheep to be a king. He picks Deborah, a woman (laughs) in a rather misogynistic culture, to judge and prophesy over the nation. He picks a prophet for each generation, an Elijah or an Elisha, an an Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, Hosea. He he picks a prostitute, (laughs) a prostitute, Rahab, to save the spies. He picks an orphan girl, Esther, to save the nation. And when God sends the long-awaited Messiah, 
born in a barn, placed in a feeding trough for the animals, God picks Anna, a really old woman, to be the first evangelist to tell that the Messiah has come. And then he picks John the Baptist, a guy who lives out in the wilderness and likes to eat bugs and honey, to announce his coming. He picks Peter, who had a bit, (laughs) just a bit of a temper, liked to slice off people's ears, to be the rock on which the church is founded, and Paul. Yeah, he picks Paul, a terrorist, to be the greatest missionary the world has ever known. Here is what we must understand about the Christian faith and the Christian God. God always works through human beings. So it shouldn't surprise us to discover that God used human beings to write his word. That is how he always works. And that shouldn't be a disqualification. No, quite the opposite. Quite the contrary. It should be an inspiration. That That is so important. I... I should say it again, so I think I will. The fact that God wrote his great book for humanity through human beings doesn't disqualify it. It should inspire us. You know why? Because it qualifies us. (laughs) I'm going to tell you more about that in just a second. But I'd like like to blow your mind a little bit more here. This, This truth blew my mind. Is it hard to spark meaningful conversations with your kids? Whether you're a homeschool hero, planning activities for the next family vacation, or simply gathering around the dinner table, we've got something that can help. Introducing the Daily Family Conversation Starter by best-selling author Katie Clemens. This remarkable book offers 365 imaginative ways to connect with your children in just five minutes each day with prompts like, who made you laugh today? Or what would you do if you had a tail? These simple questions open up a world of laughter, curiosity, and deeper connections. From dinner time to sleepy time, the Daily Family Conversation Starter is your key to creating memories that will last a lifetime. Don't wait to transform your family's daily routine into an adventure of discovery and fun. Grab your copy of The Daily Family Conversation Starter today, wherever books are sold. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Consider this startling fact in Scripture. God is so committed to working through human beings to accomplish His will and purposes here on earth that He had to become a human being, in order to save us. (laughs) Boom. That was the mic dropping right there. Not literally. That was a really poor sound effect from my mouth. But 
a mic should drop right there. Let that truth sink in long and hard. God had to become a human being to save humankind. That is how committed he is to working through human beings here on earth. And I need to put a side note here. I need to give credit where credit is due. That was not my original thought. I read this very fact, this idea, in a book written by Dutch Sheets. It's called Intercessory Prayer. If you want to read a book on why we should pray and how God partners with human beings to accomplish his will on earth, (laughs) read that book, Intercessory Prayer. And I'll be honest, let me just say. And when I heard that title, I thought it sounded like a cure for insomnia. You know, after all, didn't Peter and John keep falling asleep when Jesus pleaded with them to pray? Yeah, intercessory prayer. Sounds like it could put you to sleep, but I promise you that book will keep you up at night and it will teach you why we pray and how to pray. And and one more plug for the book. My fifth child wouldn't be on this planet if it weren't for what I learned in that book. Had her week shy of my 46th birthday after a miscarriage at age 44. And then I, I started abrupting at 26 weeks into that pregnancy. It was a roller coaster. But I got her here safe and sound because of what I learned in that book. It will change your life. End of promo. I promise, except to say I don't get any proceeds from the sale of that book. I have no connection to it. Uh, I'm just a fan, just saying. Okay, so that is how committed God is to working through human beings here on earth. He had to become one of us to save us. God is completely committed to working through human beings. He is. So we shouldn't let the fact that the Bible is written by a bunch of ancient dead guys disqualify the book. No, that fact should inspire us. If God can use them, and some of them were pretty unsavory, like some of them had serious rap sheets, or at the very least, they were unimpressive, then he can use you, and he can use me, and he can use our kids. In fact, he's waiting to use you and me, and all of our kids. We need to give our our children this expectation in life that God's eyes are searching to and fro over the face of the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are loyal to him. Consider this. You know, if, if we let the fact that the Bible was written by some ancient dead dudes disqualify the claims in that book, then without even knowing it, we've disqualified ourselves. We said, you know, God doesn't work that way. So, you know, he can't use them that way. So, so then he can't use me, even though <laughs> from cover to cover of the book, if you, if you bother to read it, that is what we learn throughout all of human history over and over. This is how God works. He works through men and women, boys and girls to accomplish his will here on earth. So if there is a God And we will talk about the evidence for God in some future episodes as well. And if he is all-powerful, then he is more than capable of using human beings to write his word. And he is more than capable of preserving the integrity of his word. Let's not discount it because he used some ancient dead guys to write it. Let's consider the distinct possibility that God used those men to convey his thoughts to the world. And let's, let's wrestle with it and, and test it and apply it and stand on it. And let's be inspired by the fact that an all-powerful God 
wants to use us and our kids to write his story in our own time. That is a pretty incredible thought, isn't it? That is a powerful idea. The God of the universe used a bunch of of misfits and rejects. He used liars and cheats and thieves, murderers and prostitutes, orphans, tax collectors, and terrorists. That is who he used to write his story. Then when he came to earth, he, he didn't come as a king. No, he came as a carpenter. If anyone thinks, if anyone thinks that a bunch of ancient dead guys came up with that story, then they haven't read many stories by ancient dead guys. Most of their stories are about how the gods behave like petty, vindictive men and how men strive to become like the gods. None of them told the story of a god who chose to become a man, a god who chose to suffer and die, a god who saw the worst in us. And still loved us. A God who took the worst among us and used them to change the world. That is quite a story. Even if you believe it is fiction. But if you seek and study and question and apply and test it. And you find the faith to believe it is fact. You just might find God writing a similar story through you. And through your kids. And that's what we want, moms and dads. We want God to write that story through us. And we want him to write it through our kids. Here is the great question of the ages. Will we let him? That question's just hanging out there. It, it is a fastball right down the center of the plate. God is waiting for us to take our bat and swing. He is waiting for us to teach our kids to swing that bat as well. Now, you know, we're, we're going to examine the evidence for why we can believe that Scripture is true in some future podcasts. But for now, let's not be discouraged by the idea that an all-powerful God used some ancient dead guys to write His Word. Let's let that idea qualify us and our kids to do something amazing. Let's let that truth inspire us change the world. I hope you will join me for my next podcast where we take aim at some aspect of our culture that threatens to derail our parenting and steal our kids' faith. I want to thank you for joining me today. If you enjoyed this episode of Christian Parent Crazy World, would you consider telling a friend and, I don't know, share it on social media and maybe just say that this podcast was better than a really sharp gouda cheese on a slice of homemade sourdough bread Mm. need a snack just a thought and be sure to check out my website which is katherineseegers.com that's katherine with a c i have lots of articles and resources there that will help you on your parenting journey and if you subscribe i will be sure to send you some really cool free stuff and notify you of future podcasts articles and blogs I want to end this and every episode with a word of encouragement. God gave you your kids, your specific kids for a reason. That's because you hold the key to unlocking who God created them to be. We'll see you next time. Christian Parent Crazy World 
is a production of Life Audio and the Salem Web Network. To hear more from Catherine Seegers, visit her site, katherineseegers.com. If you enjoyed this episode, would you take a minute and leave us a rating and review in your podcast app? It really does help us connect to more listeners like you. A special thanks to Kelly Gibbons, Stephen Sanders, and Stephen McGarvey for their production and editing on this episode. You can find more podcasts like this over at lifeaudio.com. In a world where relationships are easily broken and often discarded, the Rebuilding Us Marriage Podcast is your lighthouse, guiding the way to hope, restoration, and transformation in Christ. I'm your host and marriage coach, Dana Shea. Join me as we discuss the necessary tools for rebuilding marriages from adversity, betrayal, and disconnection. It's time to reignite love as we rebuild marriages from the ground up. Listen to the Rebuilding Us Marriage podcast on lifeaudio.com or wherever you get your podcasts.